Job chapter number one, Job chapter number one. If you're able to this morning, let's stand for the reading of, from God's word. Job chapter number one. The message this morning is a call to duty, a call to duty. And as I think about what the young men just sang about, you know, there is a need for us to report for duty. And I pray this morning that you're ready, willing, and able this morning to do whatever it is that the Lord speaks to you about. And we're going to begin here in Job chapter 1, beginning in verse number 22. And hopefully you received a copy of the outline in the bulletin this morning. You can follow along right there with the outline. And I trust that God will speak to your heart the way he did mine as I prepared for this message this morning. The Bible says in verse number 6, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them. Can I just say before I go any further that I can say unequivocally, I hate the devil. If I, if I knew where he was right now, I'd kick him in the teeth. And I'm going to tell you something. He is not our friend. He is our adversary. Walking about seeking whom he may devour. You need to get a hold of that, folks. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And the Bible says that this was a day that Satan also came among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, now get a hold of this, this is Almighty God talking to one of his created angels, Lucifer. God created him. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Satan is not more powerful than God. He never has been, he never will be. But yet we give way to the devil in our lives. And the Bible says, Satan, the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro, Notice the phrase, in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast not thou made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side. Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. That's the only way Satan can do anything, is God gives him the opportunity. The Bible says, all that he hath is in thy power, only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord, and there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house, and there came a messenger unto Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them, and the Sabians fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, 
and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another, and said, The fire of God is fallen from heaven, and hath burnt up the sheep and thy servants, uh, uh, and the servants, and consumed them, and I only escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another, and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands, and fell upon the camels, and have carried them away, yea, the sla- and slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another, and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness, and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men, and they are dead. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground. And what did he do? He just lost everything. He lost everything that he had upon this earth except for his life. And he fell down upon the ground and he did what? He worshiped. The Bible says, here's what he said. Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave. And the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in all this, everything that happened, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the example of the life of Job. I can't imagine going through what he went through how his heart was broken, his life seemingly broken, and yet he amazingly found within himself a heart to worship you. And he did not curse you, he did not foolishly charge you. He realized that life and all that is in this world is a precious gift from God. God, there are times we'll go through some deep, dark valleys, but you go through those valleys with us to make us what you would have us to be. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated this morning. Thank you for standing for the word of God. Job was called to duty. Certainly his life in this point, was in a deep valley, one that he had never found himself in before. Job lost everything in his life. It was a time of great affliction. He lost his family. He lost his finances. He lost his fitness, and he even lost many of his friends. Yet through it all, we see a great example this morning that Job never lost his relationship 
with his God. He maintained that relationship with the Lord when the bottom fell out in his life. And I've seen many things come into people's lives, even in my own life, that he still maintained his confidence in the Lord. His life, I believe, demonstrates to us this morning and really every day of our lives what our duty is to God while we pass through the valleys of life. We've all gone through difficult times. Some today may be going through some times with heavy burdens and cares in their lives. You know, it's no mistake, the Bible tells us that we are going to endure some of those things. The Bible says in Job 14, man that is born of a woman, and by the way, that's all of us, is of a few days and full of trouble. Job said, man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. Even Jesus himself in John 16 said, in the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Augustine said, God only had one son on the earth without sin, but none without suffering. You see, even Jesus himself was willing to go to the cross and endure the pain and the suffering for our sakes. Listen, Jesus certainly was tempted in all points like as we are, yet he was without sin. When the valleys come in life, I see there are two reactions that people have to those valleys. One is they move closer to God, and the other is they move farther away from God. You know, it's, a, it's just like our theme this year, choose. Do you want to be closer to God, or do you want the valley to drive you farther away from God? Joseph Lincoln observed this thought he said, troubles affect folks differently. Trouble is like hot weather. It sours milk, but it sweetens apples. I mean, you think about the trouble that comes into our lives, and I personally believe that troubles come and trials come to help us to grow in the Lord, to be a better Christian. We know the Bible says all things, not some things, all things work together for good, to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. What is God doing in your life today? When I look at this situation in Job's life, it stands to reason that God is showing us that He expected and He expects us to carry out certain duties in your life and mine, even while we're going through those valleys. We see how God has expectations. And you know, a lot of times it comes down to our attitude. I see people's attitudes change when they go through the valleys. People say things, really things they should never say, especially a Christian. When they're going through something, they'll say something like this, well, God doesn't love me. You've got it all wrong. God would never hurt you. You're his child. God loves you. God allows things in our lives just like he did in Job's life. And God has certain expectations that comes to our attitudes and our behaviors while we go through those valleys. And Job was one that I think is a great example for all of us that we can follow his example that he maintained and performed certain duties while he was in his valley. And it should be something that helps us 
to maintain our testimony before the Lord. Notice what our duty is when we're going through the valley because, listen, God is calling us to duty, but it may not be on the mountaintop. It may be in the valley. Notice the first duty that we have, we see from the life of Job, is is that we are to be devoted to God. We are to be devoted to God. Look back in chapter uh, chapter 1 and verse number 20, and look again what the Bible says, Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshiped. Job had lost it all, everything in his life. And I think about how many times I see people react when things happen in their life. They react with anger, with frustration. Many begin to turn on God. They begin to curse God. They begin to curse his name, but not Job. Job's response was that he was going to go to God and worship him. Even during the valley in his life, the Bible says that he shaved his head and he rended his clothes. Both of those were signs, outward signs, that Job was mourning, that Job was devastated by the news that he received over and over and over again. But the fact that he worshiped God proved, not only in his day, but in our day, that he was a man that was not broken. He was a man that still loved God. He still worshiped God. What would it take in your life and mine for us to turn on God? Job, in all this, sinned not. When you consider his response, look what it says in chapter 13 in verse number 15 of the book of Job. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I don't understand it all. Sometimes people come to me as a pastor and they look to me because I'm a pastor. Pastor, tell me why is this happening? Folks, I don't have all the answers, but I know somebody that does. I don't know what God is doing in your life. I don't know why you're in the valley. I don't know why this happened in Job's life. I just know this, that everything that happens is father filtered in our lives. God allows things God allowed Satan to work in Job's life, to touch all the things in his life. And Job was saying here, even though he slay me, yet will I trust in him, but I will maintain mine own ways before him. Job said, look, even if the Lord took my life, I'm still going to trust him. I'm going to trust the Lord. And sometimes God allows, as we heard in Sunday school, the winds of life to blow. You know why? Because those winds will push us closer to him. Allow God to do his work in your life. You see, when the valleys come, the first lesson, the first duty that we have is that we need to be devoted to God. Look at the second thing I see And this is something I see in the life of Job that we need to learn this morning. Not only uh, should we be devoted to God, but our second duty is that we are to be dependent upon God. Not only devoted to God, but we need to be dependent upon God. You see, when you look what the Bible says, look at verse 21 and verse 22. The Bible says, and here's what he said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb and asked, 
He says, naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord had taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Let me ask you a question this morning. What did you bring into this world? Zero. And last time I checked, guess what you're going to take out of this world? Zero. But Job says, all that I am and all that I will ever be, every good gift and every perfect gift cometh down from above. Everything that God has given to us, you need to understand life, children, jobs, finances, friends, all things you see in life, they are all gifts from God. We are utterly and fully dependent upon God. And that's what Job is saying. Though he slay me, not only am I going to stay devoted to him, but I realize that I am utterly dependent upon him. When Job opened his mouth, instead of hearing the world's language, instead of hearing Job cursing God and complaining like many people do and whining about life and all that's happened to him and woe is me, the Eeyore syndrome, when Job began to speak, you know what he did? He began to praise God. He began to declare how that he was going to continue to stay dependent upon the power of God and he was going to continue to do the will of God even though he found himself traveling through this valley. Can I tell you this morning that just like Job, when we go through the valleys, there are some great truths that you and I need to take with us when we go through those valleys. Let me share with you this morning the first one. Notice, and I hope you've learned this lesson, that God's ways are not our ways. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. God makes no mistakes. No mistakes. You know, we try in our lives sometimes to figure out God, don't we? What would God do? Years ago, they came out with a little thing, and they had bracelets and necklaces and shirts. What would Jesus do? Wouldn't it be nice to know what God's going to do? But you know, God, in His mercy, withholds things from us because it would probably scare us to death to know what God's going to do. You know, we will never figure out God. But I'll tell you this, if you hold a copy of God's Word in your hand, God's giving you enough this morning that if you would just read what He's given to you, it'll show you God's plan and God's purpose for your life. See, God's ways are not our ways. And Isaiah wrote it this way, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. God says, you can't outdo me. You can't outgive me. Uh, you cannot think with your finite mind the way I think with my infiniteness. You see, we need to understand as we go through the valleys, one great truth is God's ways are not our ways. Stop trying to figure out what God's doing in your life and just accept it. Just depend on Him. Notice the second truth when we're going through the valley. We must trust God for everything. Trust God for everything. You look, we should seek the Lord's will. And as we seek God's will, then guess what we need to do? When God reveals that will to us, then we need to pursue God's will. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. 
You see, we need to trust God for everything. Folks, listen, even to the smallest detail in your life, you can trust God. He is fully, utterly trustworthy, and we need to trust Him for everything. Another truth, as we're going through the valleys and depending on Him, look at this one, and this one I'll tell you a lot of people struggle with, is worrying will accomplish nothing. Worrying will accomplish nothing. Some people spend their whole life wringing their hands, uh, wondering about tomorrow. I, I, I don't worry about tomorrow because I know the one who holds my hand. Uh, when I think about life itself, the Bible says in Philippians 4, be careful for nothing. Look at the Bible says, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding. In other words, it, it goes beyond what you and I could think. You know, uh, he can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ever ask or think. And God says, look, it's beyond all understanding. But he says, it will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Mark Twain said, I am an old man and have known many troubles but most of them never happen. Most of them never happen. See, too often we beg trouble about uh, things by worrying and worrying and worrying and fretting about things that simply will not and cannot change. Over 500 years ago, someone made this statement. 85% of what we worry about never happens. 85% of it. We need to trust the Lord because, listen, our only option is to trust Him. To realize that worrying will accomplish nothing, and if we trust Him, it will work. But look at the fourth truth as we're going through the deep valley. Is Here it is. Trials are designed by God to mold us. God is the potter, and we are the clay. God wants to work in your life. Folks, listen. It may not be to make you what you want to be. Can I tell you, God has a better plan? God has a better purpose for your life? Folks, listen, you know what I'm doing today? I'm living the dream. I really am. I mean, I'm not much. I mean, I'm a pathetic preacher. But I would have never dreamed that I'd be doing what I'm doing today but it's because of God's plan for my life. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. You're only going to be happy when you allow God to take you into his hands, the same hands that formed this world, and begin to mold you and shape you into what you, God wants you to be. You think about Job. I mean, Job was a man. God said it himself, the testimony of, of Job's life. But God wasn't done with Job. God had a better plan for Job's life. And can I tell you this morning that those trials that you go through, listen, the Bible says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Romans 8, 18, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. God wants to take your life and God wants to mold you into what he would want you to be into the image of his own dear son. I read a testimony about a pastor one day 
who had lost his entire family in a fire. He was walking through his city. No doubt, just like Job, he was discouraged. He was depressed. He really was defeated. He was trying to understand what God's purpose was in allowing him to suffer so great a loss. Everything that he loved was gone. As he walked through the city, he passed by a construction site. And there was a great cathedral that was being built on this construction site. He began to watch as he stood there. There was a, a stone cutter. And he was chiseling a small triangle out of stone. He was curious, so he asked the, 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 the stone cutter, he says, what are you doing with that stone there? What are you doing? And the stone cutter kept working for a little bit, and then he stopped, and he pointed to a spot on the cathedral that was way up on the top of that towering structure. And he said to the preacher, he said, sir, do you see that tiny opening at the top of the cathedral? And the preacher said, yes, I see it. And the stone cutter said, I'm cutting this piece down here so that it will fit in up there. And that preacher stood there for a minute. And he realized that's what God was doing in his own life. That God was chiseling away at him and that God was working in his life and he was molding him so that he would fit up there someday. Can I tell you this morning that just like that preacher, you and I can receive peace. When we're going through the valleys, that preacher went back and he returned to his ministry. And without a wife and without his family, he returned with a, a renewed sense of ministry, of trusting in the Lord. And his zeal was more than it ever had been before. You see, in the blackest night, God is working out his plan for your life. Ralph Waldo Emerson observed, when it is dark enough, men can see the stars. See, if it takes walking through a deep, dark valley for you to grow in the Lord, then in the long run, it'll be worth it all to have the pain and the suffering that you were called upon to endure. You know why? Because you and I, as we go through it, we can depend on God. Hebrews 13, 5, Jesus did say, I will never leave thee. I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. God will come through for us. Many Christians, I believe, live by the motto, why trust when you can worry? Yet, what does the Bible teach? Why worry when you can trust? You see, worrying is such a waste of our time. We need to be devoted to God. We need to be dependent upon God. But I want you to notice another duty that we see from Job's life that we need to incorporate in our lives. Look at this one is that we need to be diligent before our God. Now think about this story and look in Job chapter number two. I want you to look at a couple verses in chapter two in your Bible. It says in verse number eight, here he is. His life is in pieces. And the Bible says in chapter 2 and verse 8, Job took a potsherd to scrape himself with all. And he sat down among the ashes. Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain 
thine integrity, curse God, and die. Quite encouraging, isn't it? Look at verse 10. But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? In all this did not Job sin with his lips. Amazing integrity. His diligence. God put him in the ashes and he sat down. Listen, he sat down in those ashes contented. Contented. I mean, folks, I don't know if I could do that this morning. If all was gone, to sit down and to accept what God was doing. But the Bible says that not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned, I have learned, I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith, even in the ashes, to be content. People are unhappy with life, where they're at. Folks, if you're in the center of God's will, even if it's in the pile of ashes, you will find great contentment with God. We are to trust the Lord for everything. We are still expected to do all that we can do. And here he is sitting in the ash pile. He's got the piece of pottery in his hand. He's scraping the boils and the sores from his body. And listen, he couldn't do much while he was in the valley, but he was doing all that he could do. Look, folks, this morning, don't allow your problems and don't allow your trials to cause you to quit on God. Be diligent in your walk with the Lord, even if it's in a dark valley. And listen, God will bless you as you walk with him through that valley. And God will use your life like he used Job for his honor and for his glory. A salesman got lost on a side road. So he stopped to ask directions from a ragged and barefooted man sitting in front of a a dilapidated house. After receiving the information that he needed, the salesman asked the man, so how is your cotton coming on? And the man replied, he was a farmer, he says, ain't got none. The traveler continued, did you plant any? To this the man responded, nope, I was afraid of boll weevils. The visitor persisted, how's your corn doing? Didn't plant none. Afraid there wasn't going to be any rain. Undaunted, the stranger made still another query. He said, how are your potatoes this year? And again, the reply came, ain't got none, scared of potato bugs. Somewhat puzzled, the salesman made one final inquiry and said, really, what did you plant this year? And the answer came back, nothing. Just played it safe. Do you know that's what a lot of Christians do? They just play it safe. They're too afraid of what might happen. You know, I don't, I don't know about this matter of staying faithful to God when things get bad. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. And so here's what most Christians do. They don't do anything at all. They don't plant. They don't sow the seed of the Word of God. 
And listen, I'm going to tell you this morning, when you look at Job's life, that piece of broken pottery that Job found in that pile of ashes, as he picked it up and he used it to scrape, it's a very good image of those who have been broken. But listen, Job was there, and it's a great illustration for us that even though Job was where he was, that God still wanted to use his life. His life, his testimony was not over. I love the old song. I haven't heard it in a long time. Broken and spilled out. Just for love of you, Jesus. My most precious treasure lavished on thee. Broken and spilled out and poured at your feet in sweet abandon. Let me be spilled out and used up for thee. That's, that ought to be the prayer of your life. God, I ain't much, but I'll give you all that I have. I might find myself in a situation like Job, but I want to learn that the valley is a place to learn those lessons that God wants to teach me. And the Bible says in Psalm 84, who passing through the valley of Baca made it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. Do you know what the word Baca means? It means weeping. It is a place of weeping, a place of brokenness, just like where Job found himself. And here's some people in the Psalms that found themselves passing through a barren and desert place. And the Bible says in Isaiah 43, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall, uh, shall ye know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness. You mean, God, you can work even in the desert? Yes, God can send forth springs in the desert. God wants to do something new in your life, just like God wanted to do in Job's life. But listen, it was not going to come without the valley. And I want you to see that last duty that we see from Job's life, because Job learned, hey, listen, it doesn't matter what happens in my life, I'm going to stay devoted to God. I'm going to stay dependent upon God. I'm going to stay diligent before God. But the fourth duty that I see is that he was going to be a declaration about God. Folks, listen, if there ever was a time that Christians ought to stand tall and bright and be burning as a light shining in this dark world, it is in this day and hour that we live in. And the Bible again says in verse number 10 of chapter number 2, in all this... In all this that all happened in his life, Job sinned not with his lips. Look, through this whole ordeal, Job never badmouthed God. Job didn't whine and complain. It didn't stop him from praising the Lord through the greatest trial of his life. His faith was still in view. And one of the surest ways that you and I can find our way out of that valley is if you and I exalt the name of the Lord Jesus while we're going through that valley. The Bible says in Psalm 99, exalt ye the Lord our God and worship at his footstool for he is holy. Look what the Bible says in Psalm 34, oh magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Folks, listen, we can shout, we can get excited about our favorite sports team, we can get excited about this, get excited about that. When's the last time we ex got excited about God? 
When's the last time we exalted his name? When's the last time even, listen, most time the reason we don't do that is because we got a, a stubbed toe or we got a hangnail or woe is me or I lost my job. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. God is still on the throne. Doesn't matter what's going on in your life. Doesn't matter what valley you're in. God is still there and God is still in control. We heard this morning in Sunday school, he might be in the hinder part of the ship, but he's still in control of the winds and the waves. He allows things in our lives. He allowed what was going on in Job's life. Can I tell you this morning, he's allowing what's going on in your life this morning. Every one of us need to see how important it is to be a declaration about our God, to exalt our God, the saint who learns to praise the Lord, even when the trials and the difficulties come, is a saint who probably is not even aware that there are valleys. He's not even concerned about those valleys. In all this, Job sinned not with his lips. People who focus on their problems are people that have many problems. Folks, this morning, give it to the Lord. Give those problems to the Lord. Be a declaration for God. People who focus on the Lord are people who walk through those valleys with grace. Listen, don't get me wrong. I know that they, like many of us, have problems, but they're focused on the Lord and not on the valley. The devil's intentions, you know what the devil wanted to do to Job? The devil was trying to do everything that he could to turn Job against his God. That's exactly what he wants to do to you today. That's why I hate the stinking devil. Because he doesn't want you in church. He doesn't want your marriage to last. He doesn't want your kids to grow up to love him. He Listen, he wants everyone in this world to go their own way, everything that is right in their own eyes. And what God wants us to do is get our eyes back on him. That's what we see this morning. How that Satan, you know what he was doing? He was trying to squeeze Job. And when Satan tries to squeeze us in our lives, you know what Satan's hoping will come out of our lives? Some sour, mean, hateful reaction. But boy, the harder that he squeezed Job, this is what I love, the harder that he put pressure on Job's life, it only produced sweetness. It only produced a man who praised God for what he was going through. Someone said, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. My kids were real little, and my, my mom, she used to do that all the time. We'd go out to eat, and, or we'd go over to her house, and they, they, they'd give you a glass of water. And, and a lot of times you get that water, and then you ask for lemons. And then when the lemons come, the bowl of lemons come, you start squeezing because you don't want just water. You want lemonade. You're going to make your own lemonade, and you're not going to get charged for it. Amen? Right? There's sugar packets on the table, right? But you know, I have a friend that she posts a lot of things, and she's a southern girl. She's, she's hilarious, and they move recently. And she took that phrase, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade, and she took that phrase and she added to it. And I like what she said. She said, when life gives you lemons, she said, uh, put them in your sweet tea and thank God you're a southerner. You know, that's a good one right there. I like that one. I'll keep that one for a while. But can I tell you this morning, when the devil squeezes your life, he expects us to badmouth God, to bellyache, to complain, to grumble, to gripe, 
to whine and talk about how bad things are. Listen, if you and I could just learn that when devil, when the devil begins to squeeze things in our lives, instead of giving him what he's looking for, why don't you and I just learn to praise God? To thank God. Listen, pretty soon, you know what's going to happen? When you start praising God, he's going to quit squeezing. Because the devil doesn't want to be around people that are talking about God. Listen, nothing will change your circumstances faster than changing your attitude about your circumstances. Let's just say, listen, in all things I have found that I am going to be content in whatsoever state I am in. So are you this morning like Job? Maybe you're not sitting there in a pile of ashes. Maybe you haven't lost your family, your livestock. But no doubt the testing is there. It's God's testing in your life. The question this morning is, are you still devoted to God? Maybe you're here this morning and, and, and you have a need. Can I ask you this morning, are you willing to, to, to hang on to that and try to meet your own need? Or are you willing to bring that need to God and say, Lord, I can't do anything with it. Without you, I can do nothing. But God, if I give it to you, Please, I know that you can do something with it because I am dependent on you today. Are you trusting the Lord? Can you honestly say this morning that you're praising God in the good times as well as the bad? When's the last time you praised God? Say, but pastor, you don't understand what I'm going through. No, I don't, but he does because he's allowing it. It's a call to do. Let's bow our heads this morning with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. The Bible says, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Nobody ever cared for me like Jesus. This morning, he loves you. God wants what's best for your life. Oh, the devil's trying to get you to look at the circumstances. Let's look up today. Let's look to God. If you're here this morning and you don't know Christ as your Savior, can I invite you this morning to put your faith in an almighty God, the one that controls everything, including the devil? You see, the Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The Lord wants everyone to go to heaven someday. But that choice is yours. Because the Bible says that all have sinned. We're all sinners. But God, through His grace and mercy, He's extended salvation to you. And the Bible says, for by grace are you saved. Through faith. And that not of yourself. You can't save yourself. It's the gift of God. Not of works. You can't give enough money. You can't live good enough life. It's not of works lest any man should boast. You see, God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Have you had a time in your life that you've accepted God's gift, that you've 
made a confession of the sin in your life and you've received the Lord Jesus as your Savior. Can you raise your hand this morning as a testimony? I'm saved and I know it without a shadow of a doubt. What a wonderful sight. You can put your hands down. Maybe this morning you could not raise your hand. You're in the right place. A church is a place where you can come and meet with the Lord. You're among people that love you, even though they may not know you. You know why they love you? Because God loves you. God loved us. And if you're here this morning and you could not raise your hand, I want to invite you in just a moment as we have an opportunity to come during a time of invitation. It's not us inviting you, it's the Lord inviting you to come to himself. And there may be some this morning that, as Jesus said, all ye that labor, you might be saved this morning. And you're heavy laden, burdened down. None of our lives would probably come close to matching Job's life. But Jesus said, if you come to me, I will give you rest. If you're a child of God this morning, why worry? Why try to do it yourself? Why not just come to Jesus this morning? Say, Lord, here I am. I'm in the valley. I know you know where I am. And I'm asking you to help me to depend upon you while I'm going through this very trying time in my life. God already knows where you're at. He just wants you to meet him this morning. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Pray that you'd bless this invitation. Lord, there were hands that did not go up, and if they are folks here this morning that need to trust you as Savior, Lord, I pray that they would step out, they would receive the gift of God, Lord, that they would be gloriously saved. And Lord, I see many this morning that are bearing some heavy burdens. And I pray that the testimony of Job's life even when his wife said, just curse God and die, he would not do that. He maintained his integrity. He loved you. He was devoted to you. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen your children this morning to face another day of life. In Jesus' name we pray. Would you stand?